Some U.S. healthcare organizations have begun incorporating the collection of patient-reported outcomes into standard processes. Although systematically asking patients about functional outcomes, symptoms, quality of life, represents an added step in a busy workflow, evidence suggests that it can improve physician satisfaction and enhance the physician-patient relationship. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Neil Wagle, Associate Chief Quality Officer at Partners Healthcare and a Primary Care Physician at Brigham and Women's Hospital. Dr. Wagle has co-authored a prospective article about the benefits of measuring patient-reported outcomes. Dr. Wagle, you write in your article that Partners began collecting patient-reported outcomes system-wide in 2012. So what factors went into that decision? Well, back in 2012, we were looking at how to really measure the value of our care and the quality of our care. I think part of the problem is that the quality measures we use today don't often reflect the needs of patients. So what we really should be measuring when we're measuring quality is did we achieve the outcomes that we were hoping for? And for most of the conditions that we treat, we're trying to improve someone's symptoms or improve someone's function or decrease someone's pain, and we are systematically missing that as a healthcare system. And so patient-reported outcome measures were the opportunity to start measuring the outcome variable that's really the most important for patients for many of the conditions that we treat. And as we improve our healthcare system to aim toward that as our goal. So what kinds of challenges did you face in those early years, and how long did it take for physicians to start giving you positive feedback about this? It has been quite a journey. What we've discovered is that you really need everything to work precisely right when you're trying to do this. The first thing is you need the technology to work right, and that has been a multi-year journey by itself. So we use iPads in clinical settings here, and as you know, devices drop off wireless networks. It's difficult to connect in real time. And really, this needs to work seamlessly because we're not only trying to improve the care of the patient, we're trying to reduce burnout for physicians and trying to make care better and easier for them. So getting the technology right has been quite a journey. And I would say only recently have we got things pretty seamless. So technology has been one barrier. A second set of barriers is around physicians. So physicians are not used to seeing this data. And at first, when they saw additional data, we're asking physicians to do a lot these days. We're asking them to do more and more. And burnout is a crisis. I think we all recognize that. And so this data has the potential to be the better kind of data, a kind of data that allow physicians to work quicker and return to the essence of their work. But that is a journey. So it takes a physician a while to get comfortable with this information, to look at it and be able to say, oh, I know what this information is telling me, and I can actually start the conversation with my patient 50 yards down the field, have a deeper, more personalized conversation with the patient about their symptoms, something that resonates more with clinicians without having to gather a lot of data. We can gather that for them using the patient-reported outcome measures. But it takes time to be able to recognize the data and understand it. And I liken it to a basic metabolic panel. So when you first start in medical school, you look at a basic metabolic panel and you have to think about each number to say, okay, the sodium is this and the potassium is this, the creatinine is this, and then piece that story together. And it's only after looking at it for some time does it tell you a story. And it's only now after people use these proms for some amount of time and are used to seeing in the record that these proms really 
tell a story to a clinician that they can then use for faster, more personalized care. So physicians are the second barrier and an important one. So with staff, just like we're asking our physicians to do more and more every day, we're asking our staff to do more and more every day. And so staff are feeling burnt out. And so what we try to do with the Patient Reported Outcome Measures platform is take as many things off the staff plate as we're adding. So, for example, this platform, while it's collecting patient-reported outcome measures, can also do things like depression screening and fall screening, domestic violence screening, health risk assessments for annual wellness visits, screening for social determinants. So all of that stuff, that paperwork that medical assistants and front desk staff used to do, we can now do automatically because we can't just keep adding to people's plates. So that's the staff point of view. And then finally, and in many ways most importantly, patients. So we have to reach patients where they are. We have to be able to send these using the patient portal so they can do it at home. For those who don't use computers, we have to be able to have a tablet infrastructure to catch them in clinic. We need to get them at the times that are most important for them, before surgery, after surgery, at the relevant intervals. And we need to make sure that we don't overburden them. So proms are quickly becoming the way we deliver care in our system, but we can't afford to ask a patient a new set of questions for every symptom that they might have. So understanding how to avoid survey fatigue is a big part of what we do. Looking at the patients, what type of patient do you think benefits most from this approach, has the most to gain? Well, really what we try to do is to focus on conditions, again, where symptoms are the outcome of relevance. So I think orthopedics is a great example. Most of our care, not just for orthopedists, but for physical therapists or other specialists that treat muscles and joints, we've been measuring things that are important, but we haven't measured, again, things like function and pain. Similarly, with things like inflammatory bowel disease, really what we care about is pain and diarrhea, mental health, the outcomes of relevance for inflammatory bowel disease. You can go down the list, asthma, cough, and dyspnea. Coronary artery disease, in addition to saving lives, we want to prevent angina and dyspnea. So I would say the, the patients that are going to benefit are any who are experiencing symptoms or decrease in function where the patient-reported outcome measures are really the outcome of relevance. You write in your article that patient-reported outcomes have facilitated conversations that might not have happened otherwise because they allow sensitive issues to be raised in systematic ways through these electronic surveys, for example. Are you at all concerned that in some cases the opposite might be true, that patients are going to be unwilling to enter something into an electronic survey that they might have shared in a conversation with a physician? It's really important that we never use patient-reported outcome measures as a replacement for the human interaction. In fact, it should only ever be used to augment the conversations that we have. So I never think of these as, okay, the PROMS platform has done my work for me and I can move on to something else really it's the conversation starter. And that's what we've seen that while patients may be reticent to talk about things like domestic violence or sexual dysfunction, they will put it down on paper. And there's lots of studies to show that's true with things like mental health as well. And that has allowed a lot of conversations to start. But I wouldn't say that if someone says that they're feeling fine, you should just say, oh, I see from these questions you're feeling fine and move on. You still always have to give the person the opportunity in the exam room when you're with them to talk to you and have that human conversation. What kinds of data will partners be collecting to measure the success of this effort, to measure whether it really improves patient satisfaction, quality of care, the mental state of physicians? 
Well, there's several ways we think about using this. So one is on the individual physician-patient level to improve an individual patient's care. And so really what we're trying to do um, to measure the effect there is talk to patients, talk to clinicians, find out using physician burnout data and patient experience data whether this has improved individual care. But there's a whole other layer of data that we can collect for the first time, really, which is data at the system level. And these data have allowed some systems, and the examples are still relatively few, but they are wonderful examples of systems using patient-reported outcome measure data and particularly variation in outcomes by surgeon or by clinic to discover the best practices or what the sources of positive variation are and then spread those best practices to other providers and other clinics. And the Martini Clinic in Germany is a great example of this. There have been case studies out of Harvard Business School about this, where they found a surgeon who was using a different technique and getting much better outcomes. And when they found why he was getting those better outcomes, it turned out to be a different technique, they spread those techniques to the other providers, and then all of their outcomes improved. And it's stories like those, and we're starting to see glimmers of that here at Partners, it's stories like that that really stand to transform our care when we're using PROMS as the outcome variable of relevance. Finally, what guidance would you give other healthcare organizations that are considering implementing this sort of collection of patient-reported outcomes? I would say there's a few steps to make sure that you do while you're trying to get this rolling. The first step is, of course, getting your leadership to buy in. We've been very lucky here at Partners that our leadership is bought into this work and really supports it. But I think the trick for many systems, because this does take an investment, is to Use examples from other systems. I use this Martini Clinic example quite a bit to get your leadership to buy in to support this work, at least a pilot. The second big step is to choose the right technology platform. And there are two really dominant strategies these days. One is to use the native functionality of your EHR. And that's what we do. That's what we've done in our latest iteration. And there are a lot of benefits to having an integrated system. You can collect at home using the patient portal. You can collect in clinic. But there are some downsides too, right? Because you're using your EHR native functionality, they're not necessarily going to be as nimble as they otherwise might be. The other dominant strategy with which other systems use, like the University of Rochester, is what's called an integrated sidecar strategy. So the third-party platform sits to the side of the EHR, but the data is integrated in a way that providers can see it. And that's a very good way to pursue things, but often you lose some of the benefits of integration. You can't use the OR schedule, for example, to drive the logic engine to deliver prompts at the right interval. You can't necessarily use the patient portal to deliver these. So choosing the right technology platform is an important second step. A third step is to pick the right initial target. And again, finding a specialist or specialty where prompts are the outcome of relevance and where there is a champion. So you need a clinician, an administrative champion to convince their peers that this is the right thing to do and that it's not necessarily going to make their life harder. Often you find that there's this implementation and data chicken or egg problem. People want to see data before they collect the data, before they start an implementation. So really finding that champion who believes, who understands the value of this data will allow you to collect that data initially to then go around and show the data to folks to increase usage. And then finally, I would say, we all need to be transparent with this data. So this is a new field, and it's important that we take this wonderful data and put it out there for others to see. 
So we have a website called caredecisions.partners.org that we're trying to put our data out there transparently to show patients how their scores will change over time if they have a knee replacement or a laminectomy or a cabbage. And getting that data out there for an individual system is important. It helps patients make the right decision. But it's also important that we share data among institutions. And the good news is that most institutions are very willing to share data because we all have a lot to learn collectively from what this data has to show us. Thank you, Dr. Wugley.